Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Tuesday, May 26th, and this week we are doing a deep dive into the topic of identity. Now this is a topic that is of great importance to me. We taught a sermon series on it back in 2011 when our church was just a year and a half old, and it was also the topic of my first and only, up to this point, book called The Truest Thing About You. And I want to get something out of the way really quick. It's just super strange for me to talk about a book I wrote. It just is. I don't know why it is. Kind of, to me, feels a little self-promotion-y, even though I don't care if like the book sells another copy. Even to the point where, because of that, I really haven't taught on the subject in like six years. Because it, it feels weird, which I think needs to be just laid aside, especially right now. Because I think this topic is super important to all of us in our current moment, as we are all having to rethink a lot of stuff. We're having to rethink, in many ways, who we are, why we do what we're doing, why we live where we live, um, why we've committed ourselves to X, Y, and Z. Like we're, we're having to rethink a lot of it. Now, there are many of us who don't feel like the same person we were just a few months ago. Things that we found identity in, in the routines of our life, the normalcy of our days, and in some cases, even our jobs are gone. All these things being stripped away from us, and with it, and not not to be overly dramatic, with all the stuff gone, a sense of self is gone as well. Identity crisis or crises come in all shapes and sizes. They can happen when we lose a job, or someone breaks up with us, or when we move, or when we have to move back home, or even in things, great things like getting married. Like all these things carry with it the opportunity, the potential of having, you having, I having an identity crisis. An identity crisis is when the things you've relied on for self-reference to know who you are is gone or has moved, has shifted in some way. I had my first real big identity crisis when I was 30 years old. I left my job as a youth pastor in Bakersfield, and I was living in the coastal community of Carpinteria, trying to pursue church planting or starting a church. I was living there, and I worked at Starbucks because I had just got fired from an entry-level job at a bank. This was my probably my, my, the first large full-scale identity crisis that I had. Like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? The I, I thought I was, was gone. The way I described myself to others shifted. And I remember sinking in this, in this time into a fairly dark place. Like my friends would call and I wouldn't answer. It's like I didn't have anything to say to them. And of course, looking back, I realized that the, the things that are, that are shakeable in our, in our, in ourselves, the, the way that we identify ourselves, the way things that we, that we do, things that the things that we have, things that we want, all these things can be taken from us. And it was a much needed identity crisis because the things that were shakeable were shaken away. And God had to teach me for the first time in probably my, in my adult life, what it, what it meant to be um, enough, what it mean to, meant to be beloved of God. I remember I got to a place where after working at Starbucks and feeling that God was calling me to San Francisco, 
after this time where I thought I just failed at the bank and there's no way I'm going to San Francisco and planting a church in this super, super complex city. I remember thinking, if I went there and failed and had to move back to Bakersfield and work at Trader Joe's, I'm going to be okay. I'm still uh, beloved of God. I'm still enough. I'm still, uh, all of my identity is still intact. And so I was able to, to move to San Francisco with a lot of freedom because of this identity crisis. And my point is this, a lot of us, um, if you feel shaken right now, if uh, the way that you used to work, uh, the way that you used to relate is all being shaken, there are parts of that that are, that, that are good. There are parts of that that the things that can be shaken in our life, sometimes God can allow, and I'm not saying meta, I'm not getting meta here, like, you know, God caused the pandemic so that all of our identities can be shaken. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God allows. Um, I know some people who are having a crisis of identity, and I know a lot of people who are thriving and are not having that at all. If you are, sometimes God allows the things that are shakable to be shaken so that we can anchor our lives on things that cannot be shaken. It's easy to say, harder to live through. And so as we kind of deep dive into this, get onto the deep end of this, um, this morning, I like to start our week off. It's a a shorter week. It was Memorial Day yesterday. Start our week off with a few uh, questions. I got um, some responses and questions uh, from a post that I posted last week um, on Sunday and about identity. So I'll just answer a few of these as they pop up. So um, someone says, uh, I'm not going to read the names. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to read the names because I I can't read half these names and I don't think they mean anything to you anyway. Someone said, I'm so excited for this. Thank you. We are too. I am too. Um, Another person said, I began reading uh, your book for the second time. It's already, um, it's already bringing enrichment. Oh, cool. Praise God. Um, Okay, here's a question. What are some little things you can do to internalize your identity? Or this person writes the truest thing about you, to internalize it, to get it deep down? That's a great question. So we'll start with that one to do some content here. So one of the ways that we can start to take our identity and make it our, like internalize it. So if the truest thing about us is that we're beloved of God, what are ways, what are things that we can do practically to remove um uh, our sense of like uh, feeling enough uh, in our lives. How do how can we remove that to rest in the belovedness that we are in God? Like rest in the fact that we are beloved. How do we do that? Now, this is a uh, something that I've been practicing for years. Um, I mean, maybe almost ten years. Uh, the the practice of Sabbath. Now, this is going to sound really goofy or funny or maybe like just too much. But when you put away your sense of doing, your sense of even managing your social media presence, even comparing yourself, because that's what we do a lot of times when we go to social media, compare ourselves. When we put that all away for a day, 24-hour period, and we don't work, and we don't get on social, and we don't compare ourselves, and we're not trying to do, 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 and we just sit and be, that is one way that we begin to internalize our identity, that we can rest and be at home, with takeout pizza or on a walk with a friend or family member and just be. When we can do that, that's when we can start to internalize 
our identity. Now, there's other ways, practices that you can do this. Um, obviously, uh, morning prayer and meditation is a good way to internalize your identity. Uh, I often use the uh, analogy of 50 First Dates. If you've ever seen that Adam Sandler movie, one of my favorite movies of, uh, no, it's not one of my favorite movies. I always say that. I'm Enneagram 7, so every movie is my favorite movie of all time. So that's one of them. It's up there for me. It's such a funny movie. So good. Anyway, um, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, skip ahead a couple of seconds if you don't want this. Drew Barrymore has a memory problem, and they have to make her a, a VHS tape that she watches every single morning to remember who she is, that she fell in love with Adam Sandler, his character. They have a baby together, and they live um, in the middle of the, the ocean, uh, like, North Pole, I don't know where they somewhere weird like that. But she has to watch this video because she doesn't have a memory. And it's almost like she has to wake up with this whole practice of knowing who she is all over again so that she can wake up to her life every day. And I feel like that's morning prayer for me. I forget. I wake up and there's some things that just don't click for me, that I am a child of God, that I'm beloved of God, that God is with me. This is God's world. Um, and he's the sustainer of it, and I live in his world, and he loves me. I have to repeat that. Oh, just bumped the mic, sorry. I have to repeat that over and over and over again every morning to myself uh, with God so that I could uh, actualize my identity. So that would be the, the answer to that question. Um, that was kind of a long answer. Uh, what are, Another person said, a few practical, tangible steps one can take in aligning their identity more with Christ. Um, yeah, that's somewhat of what I just said, but that specific last part, align our identity more with Christ. This is, I think, one of the things, the more that we become like Christ, the more that we become our true selves. This is how I ended the sermon on Sunday with a union. The more that we're, um, Jesus uh, is more himself because he's united with the Father, and he's more himself because the father is the father in relation to the son and the son is the son because of the relationship to the father. They're like all relational. The spirit is a spirit because he's not the father or the son. He's himself. But because they're united, and I know that's the Trinitarian kind of, um, it might be theologically heavy. I mean, what I said isn't theologically heavy, but the, the concept of it can, can be a mind bender. But the fact that they are who they are in relation to one another is that the more that they're connected, the more that they are, the Trinity is their true self. The same thing is with us, that happens with us. The more that we find ourselves in Christ, actually what happens is, sorry, I keep pumping the mic, I'm getting excited. The more that we become ourselves, our true self. C.S. Lewis said, um, if the same light shines on all of us, won't we all just be the same? But if you know how light works, no. The more light that shines on us, we're all different because the light shows all of our differences, all of our the contours of our face. He said this in Mere Christianity when he says, try to explain a light to someone who's never seen light and only lived in a cave in the darkness. How, what, what They would say, well, the same light hits all of us and we would be the same. Like, no, actually, the same light hits all of you and we're all different. That's how it works. I, the, that's that would, that would be the way I would answer that question. Um, we have to, the, the more that we find ourselves in Christ, the more that we become like Christ, the more that we find ourselves in him. Now, this practice is obviously meditating on the teachings of Jesus, the way of Jesus, the gospel account, uh, coming and finding out who, who Christ is and um, becoming like him, like practicing the way of Jesus. Um, we become our true selves. Um, another person said, uh, 
Well, I'm just skip past the like thank yous here. Um, okay, another thank you. Okay. Okay, another thank you. Sorry. Okay, I'll find a question here. Keep scrolling. Curious to hear how how this uh, how identity changes over one's life. I feel like mine has a lot in a few short years. Okay, yeah, this is a really good question. How does you finding yourself, uh, your identity change over time? We are all changing. The Christian life is one of transformation. So your identity, the, 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 the unchangeable core, beloved, never changes, but all the stuff around that changes over and over again. And when it changes, that thing that changes is at risk of becoming, elevating itself to the true thing about you. Okay, so an example. Um, if you um, got a new job, you moved to San Francisco, you got a new job in, in technology and tech, and you poured yourself into your job and you started doing really good and you started getting promoted and you asked to be, um, you asked to move to this new venture and they're like, you're a co-founder in this new thing and you moved there and it became really successful. What happens is you might have moved to San Francisco understanding that you're the beloved of Christ, but this new identity that you have, this like co-founder identity elevates itself to being the truest thing. And you start seeing yourself, you see like that, where you go to eat dinner, your outfits you wear, what you do on the weekend, all of that starts to be redefined. And now the job, the, the role, the thing that you have to do is to go, how do I then, how do I now take this new th- identity I have as a successful co-founder or whatever and place that underneath the truest thing about me and allow that to like come under in alignment and in servitude and in obedience to the fact that I am a child of God, that I am in Christ, and that's the truest thing about me. That is a lifelong process. I'm learning how to do that right now as a dad. Um, how do I do that as a dad? I have to like that being a dad can't be like the thing that is the most important thing, though it is so important to me. It has to come underneath the fact that I'm beloved. If it doesn't, I'll probably ruin my daughter. I will honestly put all of my hope in the fact that she's going to turn out to be a better version of me or something like that. And this is how parents kind of crush their kids in expectation. So um, learning this, thank you for that question. That's really good. It does change over time. How long is this getting? We should stop this. Oh, 15 minutes. Okay. There's other questions here. We'll get to them through the rest of the week. But I wanted to do a real... A real quick, not that quick, but check in on this week, deep dive. Um, we'll be talking about um, our belovedness, um, uh, kind of sitting this week with the our identity spoken over us from the scriptures and um, and hearing how this works out in our vocation and, and all that. So I'm really looking forward to this week. Uh, peace be with you all uh, as you as you continue to metabolize. Uh, these teachings. And also you can go back on the show notes. We'll put the link to uh, the series that we did years ago or way, way. I haven't listened to them in years. I I don't, I wonder how they sound. I wonder how my voice has changed. Um, In 2011, our series that we did on this and a couple other links on uh, teachings. So peace be with you all. 